0: You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newson.
1: Yes, welcome again for another Physics Ed podcast. Glad to have you again, no matter where you are around this planet of ours. And in this particular case, we're hanging out with someone who really loves talking about astronomy, space exploration, science education, and the future. We're hanging out with James Maynard, who has lately been designing... 3D worlds, virtual 3D worlds to help kids understand just how the world works. Now, you might just remember James's name. James Maynard actually has a podcast of his own called The Cosmic Companion, where he's explored all different ways we can look at science education. And he's talked with a number of people, including Neil deGrasse Tyson, Kathy Sullivan, Sylvia Earle, to name just a few. Now, you can definitely tell he really loves his science as you get talking into this, but listen on in because we're going to be talking about Second Life and all these different ideas that can help your kids is to get into science in a few different ways.
0: Let's get into it. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech, and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Thanks for having me, Ben. It's fabulous being here. I am really curious
1: about what you get up to. <laughs> <laughs> I The cosmic co- companion, does. there's a lot of things that you've been sort of involved in and, and yeah, it's something yeah. cos- sort of cosmic or not, but you really have a science bent or so. So hey, what is it that you get up to?
2: Oh, boy, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's uh, sometimes I want to know what it is I've been up to. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what I want to do, I was I grew up, my parents met on the Apollo project. My dad worked on the space shuttle. Yeah, so I grew up around, I grew up around rocket scientists, literally. And um, so I absolutely became enamored when I was a kid with Carl Sagan, Cosmos. And Cosmos um, did something that nobody, nothing, no other show, no other book had ever done before, which is bring people onto other worlds bring them out into space, you know? Sagan wasn't saying, say, sitting up there and you know saying, oh, well, you know, the, the surface of Mars is roughly 25% iron oxide and that's why it's red. He was saying, here we are on Mars, walk with me with, across the surface. And yeah, here are the Viking landers, yeah. you know? And that, humanize science education in a way that nothing else did and i and he did that by using the greatest technology of his time television to make that happen to you know have people sitting in their living rooms exploring nebulae or other galaxies and what i'm up to now Is doing my best in my little way to try to continue that work using uh, every medium at my disposal podcast, um, newsletter, video series. uh, And what's really exciting me now is the metaverse and virtual reality and augmented reality. And that's why that's what I'm really trying to bring into science education. And that's where I'm at. And isn't that just fun? There's so many different mediums that you can do this in. Oh my goodness. It's so incredible. I just like get so excited. And I love like uh, listening to the same show. Sometimes I don't get a lot of chance to listen to my own show a lot, but you know, it's like when I hear it, like on podcast, it feels different than it does if it's on, on video or in the, you know, in the metaverse, whatever. And it's, Spring. Oh, true
1: i mean i mean there's different ways that people interact with media for sure i mean i mean for me personally i love a podcast while either walking the dog or frankly in the car and so it's a bit more intimate in a lot of ways and so you get more you know ponderous i suppose and that's this is true uh whereas you know you're flicking through a tiktok is totally different <laughs> it's just how <laughs> it is but um I you mentioned doing science education just extremely briefly just then around metaverse now i reckon if i I challenge people to ask you know put their finger on what is even the metaverse i go huh what are they what 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 are you
2: imagining with that what i'm imagining with that is fulfilling that that those first going onward with those first steps that sagan took yeah which is humanizing and you know science education what you can do imagine this just learning about, let's say, the surface of Venus, by being able to actually walk across a virtual, you know, version of Venus. Right now, I'm I'm finishing up designing a uh, a 3D environment, an interactive 3D environment of a lava planet. So, you know, you can look at, you know, some of these exoplanets, they're small, rocky, and close to their sun, you know, bubbling over with lava. And and again, instead of just hearing about it or having it in words or images, imagine, like, be able to walk across these surfaces and learn about the geology there from a talking rock. Yeah, and this
1: is really awesome because I was just thinking then like students can experience said worlds and people can craft them. What would nice. be fun would be having a series of set rules for the kids to create. So if you say, Hey, here's what it's like around Galicia," or whatever it is, whatever, you know, choose mm-hmm. your favorite mm-hmm. exoplanet. <laughs> and there's a lot of them. Um, there but, are. 5,200. I, mean, 5, I just read this morning. Yeah, and it just keeps on growing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nuts. So the, um, imagine the kids working with, Hey, here are your known laws of the universe that are currently immutable. And maybe they're not later, but for now they're immutable. And here are the chemical elements. What hmm. would the terrain and life be like on said things, knowing that the current observations from, the, you know, this is what it currently looks like. This is orbit. This is what it does. This is inclination, everything else. The kids could have their own creativity mixed yes. with real
2: deep mm-hmm. facts. It mm-hmm. could be a bit mm-hmm. of fun. Exactly. And that's, you know, when you bring together what one word I love is edutainment. Yeah. You know, education uh, in the guise (laughs) of entertainment. You can teach some amazing, you know, really, really great science. Oh, yeah. You know, and make it enjoyable and people will respond to that. Oh, for sure. You know, and Ooh. students of all ages will learn. So I mean, like this
1: actually reminds me. Um, I spoke uh oh gosh, this how it is last year sometime with Gillian Hewitt, who's the founder of Imagine Naturalist, and Imagine she's <laughs> a genius uh at um at creating botanical drawings and things that are so lifelike they're crazy. By just simply pencil but what she does is she challenges kids to go right what was what does mars 2.0 look like if there was living things on mars based on the parameters that exist on mars with its thin atmosphere etc what could life be like knowing bio biology and how it works and it's kind of it's fun watching what kids could create on a handwritten thing but metaverse is digital so how how does that how would that operate is it so sort of, would you is it in one of the metaverse platforms that they might create? I, I'm just curious to see where, where your mind's leading with that because there's a few different ways it could get created.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think mm-hmm. all, all of those ways should be pursued by people whose talents and, you know, desires want to push them down those mm-hmm. roads. You know, you can create, you know, in, in, uh, in the meta, metaverse, in, um, in Second Life and in others, You know, and um, although no one on the podcast can see it, I'm actually standing, (laughs) sitting in front of a a 3D, a picture of a 3D environment I created of a spaceship approaching the moon. Um, But what's cool is especially like in Second Life. Mm -hmm. All right. One of the main ideas is um, that if you can imagine it, you can build it. Yep. You know, no matter, you start with the simplest of shapes and they have an extremely powerful scripting system that only has 300 commands. It's so easy to learn relatively for a programming language, right? So you get the kids in there and some of them are not all of them are gonna wanna build, but some of them are gonna wanna build. You know, and they can create their own devices and their own artifacts and buildings and even whole environments. And if you unleash a kid's imagination and get them in a place where they can make concrete things, and I think going to have the basis for some really good, really good basis for education. And then, in, re- in, in addition to that, professionals, the people, the teachers, educators, developers, you know, are also putting together their own, let's say, more intricate, you know. This
1: yeah. reminds me of, um, I mean, there's a big teacher movement around Minecraft. Um, yes. They love Minecraft. Yeah, doing that sort a
2: perfect example. Yeah. 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 And they,
1: they really love that sort of thing. And my brain still flicked yes. towards its old app. Um, I think it's sort kicking around called Beaker, where they turn your uh, phone into effectively a Beaker, funnily enough, uh, and you <laughs> add your different elements and things and you add whether it's going to be heated or cooled or if you're going to throw electricity through it or whatever it is you're going to do. And you don't just watch the equations turn up. You watch the thing bubble. You watch the yes. gases release. You watch the thing, you see what will happen if we put a, a watch glass over it or whatever it is you're going to do. You watch the mm-hmm. things change and fizzle and do this stuff. And it was fun. And it was all done on your phone. Now, where, where I'm going with this, I'm thinking about what you're describing in Second Life and whatnot, is knowing that there are those 300 commands and there mm-hmm. are physical parameters within this software that you've got to code to, no choice. Well, that means kids, if they're in an environment like that, and it's, it's got to be a safe environment, it's all protected from um, you know, crazy people. But the, yeah. um, Sometimes could... I feel like as an
2: adult, I have to be protected <laughs> <laughs>
1: from crazy people. This is true. But, but as <laughs> long as it's done on, on, on the safe server and everything else, the kids could explore and lab test their ideas without expensive, crazy equipment nor risk. Right, right. Absolutely I mean, right. And that could be interesting. I, I mean, I mean, it's not every, every kid, not everyone's going to be able to get to be on the mission to Mars at some point. Sadly, it's just just a reality. And Some of us might be, but what if they explored designing said craft? Designing yes. what, how, how do we yes. land on this particular planet with a different um, gravity, uh, different right. substrate and everything else? All that sort of stuff can make sense. and be a little fun in the process.
2: Absolutely. And that's it. You know, that is it. Have it be fun in the process. Mm. These, and, you know, it's, I, you know, I, there are, I oh, don't how many millions of people or tens of millions of people in Second Life alone, but um, they, uh, there are some amazing, incredible places. I mean, I've flown on eagles in there and swam and swam with the Loch Ness Monster and seen multiple people's versions of Atlantis, you know? But the thing is that there's, a lot of those places are abandoned. They just, there's not enough people in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the problems is it's not interactive enough. People aren't getting enough from it yep to go back to a place you know um and so what i think is that um
1: oh god where's
2: I going with this
1: <laughs> and that's what I was uh, just thinking just then. I mean like what makes people go to the great pyramids of Giza or the right. Amazon rainforest whether right. There's a tangible experience that happens when you go to the place and you experience history that's in front of you or there's some mm. cool thing you get to white water raft on the Zambezi River. Whatever it is that you like doing um right. there's an experience. But I kind of think about on a tourism aspect there's always that interpretive signage that turns mm-hmm. up this is the reason whatever it is that you're seeing in front of you has happened i suppose for an interactivity point for for a second like space especially if it's abandoned is there's a whole bunch of people listening into this particular podcast you know a lot of them are amazing educators so you could turn those
2: into interactives yes and that's my point exactly mm. is that i have to admit this I have spent hundreds of hours, <laughs> thousands of hours on World of Warcraft yeah. or uh, you know, the game Alpha Centauri or Civilization, pretty much anything Sid Meier puts out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and why is that? It's because I have a character who's able to grow and I'm able to uh, grow with it and change. And the environment around me changes, you know, you're not in the same places at level 40 in World of Warcraft that you were at level 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think if we can take some form of the metaverse, some form of virtual reality, and maybe it's more than that, maybe it's, you know, more than one, and add in that element, that of feedback, that mm. you know, that input. So it's not just output, but it's a circular thing. Uh, and you can uh, build that sort of devotion to virtual worlds that you have within some of those games now. And that was fed with good science. And networking with others, that could be a really powerful tool. It'd be really
1: powerful thinking about AR and metaverse in its purest form. Um, The when you go to a, a, a space, so I'm in Sydney, so there's plenty of um, national parks down this way and various museums right, yeah. and things. Um, I mean, we, we, all, we all carry around our smartphones, can't help ourselves, and we take happy snaps. And, we, and then nowadays, everyone knows how to use a QR code. Isn't that a good thing? Finally, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I mean, there was a, I mean, it was called HP Reveal and it's been changed to some other name and yeah. there's other ones around, whereby you just scan a thing and with mm-hmm. your phone and suddenly stuff pops out at you now that stuff yeah. could be just trivial or it could be mm-hmm. very deep there's a potential potential to have something that is co-created by the users themselves and so it have to be you know moderated to some degree with an education yeah. landscape Absolutely. but yeah. wouldn't it be interesting that if a teacher was attending a museum and the museum's got not this just AR stuff shoved over the top of it, but you've then got the, what did the, what did class three B think of this mm. yesterday? And they've got their thoughts coming through or whatever, or the um, uh, it's even thinking like, uh, gosh, I mean, 10 years ago, there was Google sphere whereby you'd rock right. up and there'd be 360 degrees of pictures around someone. And you got to experience what that space was like back then, or you never even had to go there. You just look at the sphere. <laughs> so I right, right. I feel like um as people walk through walk through their physical environments, there's an opportunity to also learn a lot more about the trees and the rocks and the, whatever it is around yes. us, yes. just through yes. that pattern recognition done with AI and yeah. you know crowdsourcing some of this content.
2: Right, right. Hmm. And of course, you know, one popular app now that I use all the time is picture this. You know, yep. so you're know, trying to learn about plants, you go around, you click a picture of the plant, it tells you what it is. And, um, but I I think what you're talking about is so cool because what you can do with that is to build that into a real time data delivery system uh, sent through uh, eyepieces, all right? So you can be walking down the street and you'll have little words telling you, let's say what kind of trees Mm. you might be looking at, or uh, what kind of rocks you're looking at, More, maybe more practically, you know, what street you're on, uh, directions to the, you know, nearest coffee shop, but uh, you can use, that is another place where people are going to be learning about things without even realizing that they're learning about things. Yeah. Yeah, you know, someone can- who... Yeah, you know, someone who may not know much about plants, you know, may see, you know, hibiscus, you know, being one of their bushes being labeled hibiscus and next time they see it out in the world. Hey, look there. I see a hibiscus there. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually I'm just thinking right now. I mean, okay. Uh, it's an audio medium, but behind me,
1: I've got uh, a picture book, Gen- general hmm. relativity for babies. And I oh,
2: love yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah Genius yeah, yeah, series yeah, yeah. Uh, by yes. that author. Uh, The science is very correct. It's very real. And yet it's simplified to the nth degree. Very simple Mm. language. And you can understand, if you feel like understanding Einstein's ideas around general general relativity, done as a picture book. Where I'm going with this is thinking about when when these AR things get produced and whatnot, they're often produced by teens and adults. And there's a certain language level. Mm. However, nowadays, there's a lot of, Uh, AI, for example, GPT-3 and others, uh, where they're um, language-based AI that could potentially simplify some of that same content that's produced by a user and you could put it to a year level. So grade 12, grade nine, grade five or one. Content is always hard to simplify or alternatively go the other way, make it harder. But wouldn't it be interesting if that person walking down the street is just keys in or maybe the teacher does you know this is what their reading age is right, right now whatever it is and right. now they're getting the content that's curated at a level they can understand because I mean, I can walk into an art museum and, and appreciate their pretty pictures but I don't really know my difference between a Cezanne and whatever like that's just tight um but someone could curate that for me but yes. in, a, in a language that I could understand
2: right and mm-hmm. that's again where you could be using these real-time AI things, walking through the museum. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Gagan. There's, you know, it you know, his birth and death years, and you know, a little bit more. And you could probably access, you know, would you like to know more about you know, and <laughs> Wangan. And um, so I think that is even, you know, another, you know, great example of. You know, the way that we get what I love to call subversive education <laughs> teaching people who don't even know that they want to learn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think you know, that is like, I think that's really important because um, like learning. Well, first of all, I think most people among us can you know, agree that learning should be a lifelong process. Yeah, there's no, uh, you know, there's no reason to stop learning. But I also think it's important that learning isn't seen as something you do from three o'clock to, you know, 5.30 every Tuesday afternoon, like going to the gym. Yeah, right. Um, it should be something that just happens organically. And it's something that people should be able to absorb while they are playing, while they're entertaining themselves.
1: Yeah. You know? oh, sure. I mean, I'm actually thinking of those kids, like we mentioned in Minecraft before. You know the number yeah. of kids who know what obsidian is now? They <laughs> oh, had no right, idea right. what obsidian was before. They can certainly right, tell you exactly. everything about it now. Uh, and mm-hmm. I was just, you mentioned Sid Meir. Like, So I was, a, you know, as a kid, I played Civilization too. I learned a lot of my ancient history that way.
2: <laughs> right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, oh, actually heard that, I heard that some kids built a, a replica of the library of Alexandria within Minecraft. Nice. That's, I mean, mm. I mean, I,
1: God, how cool is that, right? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I know a lot of the mathematics teachers love this too, because of the nature of being a pixelated system. You've got mm. measurement tools everywhere, and they're the blocks. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's perfect. yes, <laughs> yes. You know? yes. And it's really good for volume um, discussions for sure. But I mean, it is how you want to learn, right? And how you pitch your learning. I mean, this is outside of scope of what we're sort of just discussing for now, but I remember having a chat with um, these guys out of the Challenger uh, Learning uh, Center uh, out of uh, Rochester, New York. And they, uh, apart from doing distance learning programs uh, uh, in their special um, space about, funnily enough, space, the Challenger, Challenger missions they were teaching mathematics uh, in scuba gear. And they figured yeah. if you're gonna teach about volume, most people think of volume as a liquid. Now it doesn't have to be as a salt or gas too, but if you're dealing with a liquid as a volume, why not swim in kick cycles with your scuba gear, mm-hmm. the length and breadth and height of a cube and go, this right. is what the volume of it looks like in your scuba gear. <laughs> and they add like Otterbox around their face and whatnot. And you can you know, talk with the person live fantastic they're doing that years ago um i mean distance learning has been going on for over 25 years 30 years and yeah. these guys are, yeah. you, and, and then some and that's, that's just on the digital side i mean i know uh school of the air here in australia is god have been doing it since we had radio <laughs> so it's been around for a long <laughs> time but um that that i thought was neat i thought you know what that is bringing a mathematical concept that's rather simple but turning it into something that's something that someone's going to pay attention to Mm-hmm. And we can do mm-hmm. the same thing with Second Life and all these different new apps. And undoubtedly, 10 years from now, there's going to be something else that's out that's far better than what we're talking about now. There's always another oh, application. Absolutely.
2: Right, right. Mm. And, uh, you know, and it really makes, I think, for the ultimate in immersive learning. Yes. You know, I mean, absolutely. You know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm working with some people now within Second Life to build a highly realistic um, lunar base, you know, and how many, how many people are to ever have a chance to go within a mock-up, you know, of, of a lunar base, a, you know, a realistic lunar lunar base. And with, with 3D design, you can make that happen. It's the, so what- it, what we're really talking
1: about is the future education in a lot of ways. So I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that you're, you're rather a proponent of this sort of area. Sorry, proponent of what? Yes, Sorry. Of this sort of area, <laughs> to, to, to uh, some degree. I, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, mm. uh, yeah, you know, I just, to me, it's, it's really the future of education. And not only that, I think it's essential for solving so many of the problems we have in the world today. Yeah. You know, I think there's a good argument to be made that things like racism and sexism and just really have their, their roots in a lack of science knowledge. Yeah. You know, when you realize the amount of DNA we all share, it's, it really brings about, you know, a a realization of the fact that we're all brothers and sisters and others on this on this one pale blue dot together oh and, nice <laughs> uh, yes and it, it just i just think that's really important yeah
1: it it is so i'm just curious if you had uh a bunch of educators in front of you um yeah and you're able to give a piece of advice if they were considering bringing their class into that sort of experience, what would be would that advice be?
2: Well, uh, I think my best advice is helpful or not as it may be. You know, probably stems from my own um, my own time as a student, and to me, I was never interested in things that I thought. Were something I could just look up in a book. But if it's something that I thought, you know, could really, really teach me something. And, you know, and I would just go full bore into it. You know? And, you know, just go above and beyond what was, you know, what was asked in an assignment. Like, uh, and so I think, and so, About half of my teachers from grammar school through college loved me and half of of them uh, probably hoped I never took their class again. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, I think it's really important that to recognize those signs within students um, who aren't, who may not be doing half the assignments, not because they're lazy, but because their mind is focused on, on the other half, you know. Yeah, and I really appreciated those teachers so much.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, ages ago, I spoke with Dr. Simon Crook. Uh, gosh, a couple of years ago now, and he said a very simple phrase: "Engage me or
2: enrage me." Hmm. Oh, yeah, mm, I that's love that. I haven't. Pretty much great. right. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that I think that's I think that's spot on. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Hey, um, look, thanks very much for popping
1: on uh, and just describing a little bit of a, a vision. It's not just a vision, it's happening now. <laughs> it is it's happening right now in, in Second Life and whatnot. So I'm just curious, how would people be able to get in touch with you?
2: Sure. Um I put um uh, everything on the cosmiccompanion.net. Um newsletters.com and so anyway just search for the cosmic companion i'll come up somewhere i assure you Uh, (laughs) there's a newsletter at the cosmic and you can sign up for that and uh, we put out a weekly show every week this is a big thing what i do is put a weekly show every week featuring uh, friendly interviews like this with scientists authors and developers around the globe and I get in a bunch of people from National Geographic and Scholastic Press and Collins and some amazing, amazing publishers and universities around the world. And I really like bringing, I, my big thing is to bring science education to everyone. Yep. And by tearing down barriers to that, we can make for a better world. And that's what I'm trying to do.
1: And such a very awesome goal. And I frankly shared by anyone listening to this, because otherwise, why would you be listening to this in the first place? You're clearly into doing some form of science education that matters. So look, thank you very much for uh, describing just a bit of what you get up to. And I think that there is generally something that students
0: can get involved with, it's well worth doing. That's great. Thanks for for hanging out.
2: Thanks for having me, Ben. It was a pleasure.
0: You're listening to the physics and podcast. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? We love seeing students get excited about science, and you will too. Go to physicseducation.com.au and click on Schools for more info.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat with James Maynard. I certainly did, especially thinking about different ways we can teach science using 3D virtual worlds. Really fun and fascinating, I think. As AI gets going, it's really going to help augment some of the ideas, even if you haven't got the ability the capability to produce graphically beautiful worlds. You can get AI to do this, or maybe you can find different images out in the net that are very clearly copyright-free, or you can help design them yourself and really build out these really cool things. I hope you enjoy this. Go onto his website, thecosmiccompanion.net, and you can find out more. So that's enough for this particular episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You've been listening to me, Ben Newsom for Physics Education. This is the Physics Ed Podcast, and as always, I hope to catch you another time.
0: You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. E-O-N dot net dot A-U.